Welcome to Parenthood Bites, the podcast where we explore life as a parent in tech. I'm your host, Chow, and I have over 15 years of experience in tech, and I'm also currently working as a career coach. I'm the proud mother of three incredible boys. In each episode, we have an inspiring guest who will share their remarkable story. You'll find their wisdom and insights both relatable and enriching, because after all, we're all in this parenting journey together. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's dive into today's episode. everyone. Welcome to episode three of Parenthood Bites. We're here today with Julie Hollick, who is a director of data science at Mozilla. She's currently located in Texas. Welcome, Julie. So happy to talk to you today. Hi, Chow. Thank you for having me. The listeners can't see this, but it looks really bright over there in Texas, even though I think it's like 6 p.m. Yeah. So Texas is a very big state and it's all in central time zone. So like it does stay bright in certain places like longer than you would expect. But like I grew up in Michigan, which is an eastern time zone, but it absolutely should be in the central time zone. And so like I'm used to things staying very bright, like very long. And so it was very jarring to me um, in in grad school. I spent um, part of a winter in Boston and it felt like the sun never came out because like it would set at like what seemed like 2 p.m. Wow. That's pretty like confusing, right? It must throw off your whole day. Yes. Yes. It was very depressing. We would go into work and then come out and it was dark and it's like I never saw the sun. So what time does it get dark over there right now? That's a good question. When does it get dark over here? I should know this as a former astronomer. Uh, It's 6.50 is when sunset is today. Wow. I'm I'm pretty yeah. jealous because it gets dark pretty early over here in California. So I like to start with just asking you sort of what brought you to tech and how many years have you been in tech? So like I mentioned, I used to be an astronomer. So like when I was in grad school, I kind of like realized like it was not what I wanted to do long term. At the time, it was like really interesting. And I'm forever grateful that like I studied astronomy. But like academia, like just like wasn't like a good fit for me. And I was like, fine. And so like, after uh, I graduated, I like was trying to find something else. And so in 2014 is when I got my PhD. 2015 was like when I got my first like tech job. So I guess it's been eight years. That's a long time. And so I did a coding boot camp like right out of grad school. And and then I found a, a data science job. Nice. So was your PhD in astronomy and then you switched to data science after you graduated? Yeah. So it was like interesting. A lot of my grad student friends like were like really like, hey, after this astronomy thing, I'm going to become a data scientist. And so like at that point, like data science was kind of like a new thing. And so everybody was like really into this because aside from astronomy, going into astronomy as like a postdoc and then eventually becoming a professor, your options were kind of limited. And so like a lot of people out of, if you wanted to leave astronomy, you would become a consultant, you know? And so people would go work for like Palantir or McKinsey or like whatever, or, or the government contracting kind of stuff. So data sciences is like interesting, like new avenue. It was like lucrative as a career. So like a lot of people were preparing to do it. But like, since I felt like so unsuccessful in 
astronomy, like, and not like my fellow students, I was like, well, I don't think that data science is for me because it just doesn't seem like astronomy is working out and they're all successful. And I don't know how much of that was like real or if it was just like imposter syndrome, right? So I was like, I'm going to do something different. So like I learned about like this like Python web development coding boot camp. And so I attended that and I was like, well, I'm going to like go be a web dev because like, you know, I had like 12 weeks in this coding boot camp and now I know Flask. Uh, And so like I was interviewing for like a bunch of roles at like different companies. And with one of them, I was offered the opportunity to either be a web developer or a data scientist. They were not offering data science to anybody really, but they realized that I had a PhD in like a hard science. And so I talked to like one of their data scientists and we talked through an ad tech attribution problem. And it was just like fun as opposed to like the other, you know, interviews, like they're like, oh, how do you like make a data structure from scratch? And it was like, that was like, whatever moderately interesting versus like the problem solving aspect of data science. And so like, they're like, well, if you get this web dev job, you start in the front end and work your way back. So like you start with like CSS, I'm like, ah, and that is like not my happy place. <laughs> oh man, I started with CSS. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you understand how I am not organized as a human child. And it's just like, that just like doesn't work with my brain and so like the data science part was like kind of like you know you're handed like a little bit of a mess and like a mystery and I liked being able to like unfurl that so that's like how I got into data science and so I kind of got in some ways got like I don't know pulled out of this boot camp to do something that's like a little bit like better suited to like the the thing the skills that I developed over the course of a PhD as opposed to the web development skills I I gained over the course of like a 12-week boot camp. That makes sense. So how many years were you in tech when you became a parent? So I was already a parent uh, when I got into tech. So I have two children, an 11-year-old and like a 17-month-old. Although I've been told that like some people get really upset when you use months beyond like 12. (laughs) So she's like one and a half. I had the 11-year-old when I was in grad school still, but after I got my master's and before I got my PhD. And so like when I joined tech, I had a three-year-old. Wow. So how was it juggling school and having a kid, a a newborn slash toddler? You know, like, so I don't know anything different, right? But like looking back and kind of like how with the one and a half year old, I don't know how I did it. It was like really hard. School got like really slow for me, right? Like I wasn't able to like work as quickly as I had before. It's kind of one of the interesting things. And I think part of the reason why I'm in tech and not still in astronomy is because I had this baby, the things that I could work on were like different. I couldn't be in the office every day, stuff like that. And so like, it felt like academia just like wasn't kind of, I wasn't being successful as a grad student, but like really, I think it was just kind of adjusting to like what it meant to be like a a parent and like a, like a, Uh, a mom right for like the first time but like all of these things are like happening at once so it's like really hard in the moment to disentangle what what the real problem like what's hard about it because it's just so many things together everything was hard right I had this like little like meatball that I had to keep alive that couldn't talk to me and tell me what its needs were and then it's like but also I have to like go like finish up this code or write a paper or like give a talk trying to figure out like balance that that was like really challenging like my husband had a full-time job at the time and so I was the primary parent and I was like nursing and like whatever and so I 
I spent a lot of time working on things that I could do like fairly independently, but like a lot of academia is like highly collaborative. And so that was like really hard. At the end of the day, I think it was good because it gave me a lot of like opportunity to like really figure out like how to get work done in like efficient bursts. Obviously, like you know, like having a baby is like not, it does not like give you like great efficiency gains like overall, but like when I had like windows to work, then I could like just like hunker down and like do it. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, let me take advantage of this hour while she's sleeping and then just get a lot of stuff done. Right. Yeah. And also just to go back to 17 month old, I feel like if they're under 24 months, you can still say months. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I did. (laughs) Yeah. That was my reasoning. I have like, right, like, yeah, the difference between like a 13 month old and like a 20 month old is huge. My babies are huge, enormous, like I have very large children. And so I think people get confused when they see them, because they're like, why is this giant, like old child acting like such a baby? And it's like, no, it's because she has a baby. (laughs) She's just very big. Yeah. And it's like, you can't just say oh, a little over one. Right? Because yeah. a little over yeah. one, like you said, 13 months versus 17 months is a huge difference. Yeah. 20 months. It's, yeah, it's very different. So when you were in college with the newborn, were you able to take any break from school, like a, a leave of some sort, or you just had to keep going? It was actually kind of messy. So like, there's like a big astronomy meeting that happens every year. Actually, it happens twice a year. And this that year, like I was like seven months pregnant. And like it was happening like where I went to grad school in Austin. And so I think that they were like a little bit concerned that I was going to go to that meeting and be like, look how pregnant I am. And they're not letting me take a break. So they ended up giving me some time off because like I got put on like a, a partial there's like in in grad school, you have like research assistantships and then like um, teaching assistantships. So I had a partial teaching and research assistantship. And so like I worked up basically until I gave birth. And then like I can't, they kind of gave me like about six weeks off, but it wasn't like official and it was like kind of like low whatever. But it was just like really hard to sort of like balance all of that because, it, you know, it's like with a very, very new baby, like they're, they don't sleep right on their schedule, on your schedule. They sleep on their schedule and like. My, my babies, aside from being huge, also don't sleep a lot. And so <laughs> I had to like, it was good that I had those six weeks because I would have gone insane. But like, yeah. otherwise, they would have made me teach straight through it. Wow. That's nice that they were able to, to give you that. Like you said, even though it was hard to sleep, you still needed that, especially since you couldn't sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think in some ways it's like, maybe it's like nice, but like, I feel like now they would have had to have given it to me because Mm -hmm. like, they're like, like there's been legislation that's been passed, like FMLA and stuff like that that did not exist like 11 years ago uh, versus like, I was lucky that I got it, but like, I shouldn't have had to have been lucky. Right. 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 With the like 17 month old, my current job has like an excellent parental leave policy so for like the birthing parent like you essentially get like six months to take during like the first year of their life and so that's been like that was awesome I took like full advantage of that and like I didn't have to worry about it right that's great and the difference is huge right to see like this leave versus the previous leave and also like how far we've come yeah 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 for sure with your first child like was there a mother's room on campus or anything I think technically there was a mother's room on campus, but I stopped going. I didn't have classes at that point. And so I stopped going in 
when I didn't have to. And so I worked from home like a lot. And so I had a couple of years of RA that happened, I think, or maybe it was like one year of RA after she was born. And then like, she got like a little bit older. So then like, we could put her like in a, a Montessori. But like, it, it was like, it took a while. And it was like a lot of like finagling and you don't make any money as a grad student. So it was like super expensive to like, try to like work all that out. And we also like, only had one car. And so I would have to like drop my husband off at work. And then like, I would like drop her off. And it was just kind of messy. We did like a lot of driving all around the city with her and like with me. It's kind of like the the logic puzzle of like, it's like you have like a fox, like a goose and like, I forget like a tiger or something like that. And it's like you have two of them together. One of them will eat each other. And so you have to like go across the river a bunch of different times. Like that's what it felt like trying to figure out how to get to campus and like get to like daycare, get to like pick my husband up from work and like stuff like that but like yeah that was like I think thinking back about this I was just surviving yeah that was fine it was like not like that whatever but like now I'm like how did we do this I think some of it too is like we were younger when we had our older daughter we were 26 so we had like lots of energy (laughs) uh versus now when we're old and tired I don't know. I was just like getting through it. It's like I I wanted to get my degree. My husband had to have a real job because grad school doesn't pay anything. And it's like... And childcare is expensive. Yeah. 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 And the baby was just like, whatever, I'm here. Take care of me. Yeah. And it's like when you're thrown into that situation, you do what you can to make it work. And it's amazing if you think back to how well you were able to adapt, right? Sure. You were getting by day by day, but you were able to do it, you know? Yeah. And you got through it that you're now able to talk about it as like a story that happened. Yeah. One of my old advisors once said, you can survive most anything as long as you get a good story out of it. And I think that's like very true. Yeah. Words to live by. (laughs) Absolutely. So what do you do for childcare now with your 17 month old? So my husband is now a stay at home dad. Uh, After grad school, we moved to the Bay Area. I got a tech job. And then he just like had a hard time finding uh, a job. It was like this weird thing where like, I mean, the Bay Area is even more expensive than, you know, like anywhere else. And so the cost of childcare didn't make sense to have him work. And so we ended up having him stay at home with our older daughter. And then we moved back to Austin from the Bay Area. And then it was just like easier. My earning potential is like outpaces his by a lot since I have like more degrees than he does. Uh, And so like, and he's much more nurturing of a person than I am. So it just like works out better for everybody, like including me. And so he takes care of the the girls so like he'll get up in the morning with the older one and make sure she gets ready for the bus in time and then during the day like he's like with the baby I'm still nursing her though so it's like I do see her like quite a lot during the day so she can eat and stuff and then like if I forget to close the door to my office she will demand my attention yeah that sounds like a nice um balance of responsibilities and like you worked out of like hey He's very nurturing. He can take care of a lot of those things. And so it sounds like a really good balance. Yeah. I think it's like this interesting thing too, where like people are like, oh, well, like what's he, what's he going to do? And it's like, what do you mean? What's he going to do? Like going to take care of the kids and me. And it's, I don't know how to set up utilities at a new house, like but he does. <laughs> so it's like, and like, I think it's like something when, like where it's like with hetero couples, right? If this was like the woman doing it. It's like totally normal. But then it's like, like when 
I tell people this, it like takes like a little, it's like, oh, wow, that's so novel. It's like, is it? Yeah. Yeah. They expect it if it's the woman that's staying home, right? Like the last few years, my husband's been staying at home to take care of the kids, pick them up from school and stuff. And then the exact same thing. People are like, what? And then even after I tell them, they're like, oh, so where does your husband work? And I'm like, I just told you. Yeah. He's taking care of the kids. It doesn't register, right? Whereas if you said, hey, you're the one that stays home, they're not going to be asking your husband, oh, where does she work? They're just going to be like, oh, that's expected. Yeah, exactly. Right? Or people go, oh, you're so, like, lucky. And it's like, am I? It's like, oh, your husband, like, babysits your kids all day. It's like, no, he parents them. Yeah. He watches his own kids. Yeah. And I'm actually working my butt off. But then they're like, oh, you're lucky. Yeah, it's like it's like no, it's like isn't he lucky? Like yeah, totally. So so how has your work life changed since having a second baby? Yeah, so that's been like really interesting. the The baby was a bit of a surprise, and so we weren't planning on having a second kid. But like, uh, my husband being a stay at home dad has been like really important because it's meant that I've been able to like really just like focus on work. In the time since I've had her, I've been promoted and like to a position that I've never held before. And so it's like, I'm learning so much and I really need to like have the ability to like focus and like go all in. And so having him watch her has been really important. But like that being said, you know, during the day, like I take more breaks than I ever had before, right? To feed her. Working remotely has been really important to this. And it's something that I kind of didn't realize. So it's like, when I started working at Mozilla, it was January of 2020. And It was like before the entire world shut down, right? And so we were all remote, so it was fine, I guess. You know, I didn't notice, like I didn't know anything different. Recently, though, we've started like traveling for work and having like work weeks or like, you know, in-person gatherings. And that's been really tricky because the 11-year-old can't just not go to school, but I need the baby with me because I'm still nursing. And so like, we've done a lot of like weird travel arrangements where it's like, my husband will come with the baby. And then my mother-in-law will like, we'll fly her down to like, take care of the 11 year old. Or like, we have another trip that's coming up where we'll have like the 11 year old stay with friends or neighbors or something. So like, I can go someplace and, and like, at some point, it'll be less like this, I think, because my husband will, you know, like just get to stay home with both kids and the baby won't need me as much. But like, for right now, it's like, we're done having kids and so I want to like enjoy her being like little and so like just like trying to like balance that has been like new it's like new calculus that like I never imagined like having to consider anymore when I joined this company like they're like oh the parental leave policy is wonderful I'm like I don't care but like then when it happened I'm like oh wow our parental leave policy is really good yeah these are things that you didn't think that you had to revisit rethink about and it's like oh wait this is a reality for us now so let's figure out how to move things around to adapt and stuff yeah for sure and it's been something where it's like knowing getting kind of like pulled into this like again right it's like oh okay it it gives me more empathy for like other people that are I'm saying going through it like it's like a bad thing but it's you know it's like experiencing parenthood and like the trappings of like trying to maintain work-life balance right? It's like, you know, I say things, I'm like, your family comes first, be like, be a person. And it's not like I didn't mean it. But being viscerally aware of what it means, like, with a baby, it's different, right? Yeah. 
And since you mentioned work-life balance, <laughs> I want to ask, you know, what, what is your approach for work-life balance? It's not great. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, like every, you can have it all, like be a working mom and like, you know, be like, whatever. you can't, you absolutely cannot. And like, I don't think that I would be as good of like a person at work if my husband wasn't a stay-at-home dad, right? Or like there wasn't some other full-time care option. Like my family and my in-laws do not live here. They live somewhere else. And so like, it's just us. Um, and so a lot of like work-life balance is like making, giving my my husband more of the life part. I like working like, a lot, actually, a whole lot. And so that's like, in some ways, like I think the amount of like life that I need personally is like probably lower than most people. But like then actually having the baby has been good because it's like, it's like, brings me back right it's like no no no. it's not just like about like work-life balance isn't just like about me and my needs it's like about like my children should probably see me and it's like the baby will tell me when I have not been spending enough time with her because as soon as I like walk into like the kitchen to like grab some coffee she'll like scream at me because like I haven't paying attention to her and so it's like some of it is just like taking time or breaks like in the work day to like see her actually shutting off after a certain point is like also something like I've never been great at doing but like I'm kind of like forced to now I have some long days like some days of the week are always just like long and I just kind of lean into them it's like Tuesdays maybe I'm gonna work until like 9 or 10 p.m but that's like okay because that's like the day a week that that I'm gonna do it and my husband is like also like good at like reminding me about like oh my god take this baby I've been with her for like three days in a row it's like I need a break and so that's been like kind of helpful too it's kind of funny though, because like I feel like between work and children, it's like hard to be a couple, right? And it's like it was like kind of exciting because like as like the eleven year old is like getting older, I'm like, oh, we can like go on dates again and like whatever, pretend that we like, you know, it's like oh, we're together because like we like each other, not just because like we have this like responsibility. And so like the baby makes it like a little bit tricky, but like at some point, like we're gonna cross the threshold where the eleven-year-old can like watch the like baby for an extended amount of time, but we're not quite there. But like I have hope one day. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like okay, then you can go on your date, even if it's only for an hour, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One day. Yeah. So, what would you say is your biggest struggle or challenge being a parent in tech? I think that like it's about being like a woman parent and like the lack of kind of implicit trust that I can do things or I know things, right? Being a woman in tech has all of the like issues of like, you know, being mansplained to or like having Mm -hmm. to prove yourself or whatever. And I think being like a mother, like especially one who has taken time off, there's this like whole new layer to it too, right? It's like, oh, well, are you going to go like leave to take care of your kids or like whatever. And I think even like in the six months that I was on parental leave, some new people joined. And so like I would meet them and they would talk to me like I had no idea what my company was all about. And it's like, no, I've been here for like a long time, right? But I think it's been that that like to me is like kind of the biggest challenge. Like obviously like balancing your time is like always like a problem. It's like, how do I get my kids to the dentist or like whatever, you know? I think something that I find extremely frustrating is I am not the primary parent. I don't get to spend as much time with them. And it's like, you know, something that like we've worked out and it's like, it's what works for our family. But like, you know, who doesn't understand that it's school, the doctor's office, like whatever. Yeah. It's like I'm in a meeting and I get a call and they're like, oh, where's so-and-so? Or like, you know, it's like, like 
my number is listed second. It's like, just talk to my husband. It's like, I do not have time for this. And so it's like, that that is like, actually, like, that's like super infuriating to me. Or it's like, people will like, you know, room parents will like, be like, oh, like, we need somebody to like, organize this thing. And they'll like, ask me. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I cannot. But they don't ask my husband. But they do ask me. Right. And it's like, then like my daughter looks like a slacker or she has slacker parents. And it's like, no, it's because like the expectations that you place on me, the mother are not the same as you place on my husband, the stay at home parent. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, uh, and it's like, it's this kind of like expectation on the home side, I think that's like the most infuriating, you know? Yeah. I think that goes back to what you were mentioning a little bit earlier too, right? Where's that, where there's that lack of understanding from people around like the reverse roles and they just expect it to be that way just because that's what they expect from people, you know? And then when you try to, it's like sometimes it's not even worth explaining to them because they're not going to get it. For the longest time, I didn't know when my kids were getting out of school because I wasn't picking them up, you know? And people would look at me like I had three heads. How do you not know when your kids get off school? Because I'm busy in meetings all day. I don't know, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, or it's like, I just like remember my daughter like had a dance or something or, or there's a dance coming up. And she needed money. And it's like, you know, I get all these emails about like, oh, don't forget to bring your money to school. And I'm like, I never have cash. I was like, this is not a me problem. Uh, You know, it's like, I don't know if my husband is getting those emails. And so we'll see whether or not she can go to the States. Um, (laughs) And whether or not she'll have money for the dance. Yeah. I think she will, though, because like she's been getting like grandparent money. And so she has like the secret stash of like 20s in her room that like, you know, she'll either use on that or like Bath and Body Works is big with the 11 year old these days. Oh, gosh, I remember those Bath and Body Works days. Oh, my God. My bathroom smells like, I don't know, something. It smells like every fragrance very smells like bath and body works itself yeah no it does (laughs) so what do you struggle with with your kids at their current age so the 11 year old started you know the beginning stages of puberty in the pandemic right and at that age you expect them to like push away but she just wasn't right because she didn't necessarily know to and so that that's like kind of a challenge and so now like that like you know we're not you know, she's not in virtual school. She's like with like all of her friends and she's like in middle school. She's really pushing away, like, right. And so it's like hard to kind of like let go because like we were so close for so long. And like, you know, for the longest time, it was just like the three of us against the world. And now it's like, she's like, well, I have my friends. The other day she called us bruh. And I'm like, what are you doing? We are not your bruh. Yes. Like <laughs> kids all the time, bro or bruh. I was like, I ain't your bruh, bruh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was like, no. Yeah. But I tell you, if they call you that like a few more times, you eventually you're just like, whatever. <laughs> whatever, bro. Just call me yeah. what you want. I was like, I was like, yeah, we had the I'm not your bra. I'm like, mama or mom, if you have to. Like, it is not, it's not appropriate. She's like, that's just my generation slang. I'm like, no, I do not care. But mom is also jarring, right? Yes. When my kid called me mom the first time, I was like, excuse me? Yeah. What? That's mommy to you. He's like, no, but another kid said mommy about his mom and then like he got made fun of in school. And I'm like, okay, then don't call me mommy in front of your friends. Yeah. But still, 
you know? It's been such a hard transition. Yeah. Oh my God, I hate it. Like, right? Yeah. That's been almost worse than bra. Like, I could yes. always take bra if I can still be mama, but like. Yes. But mom, he's mom. just like, what's for lunch, mom? I'm like, excuse me? Who are you talking to? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I get mother and I'm like, no. Yes, he has me on his phone as mother. Oh, no, <laughs> that's like, so terrible. Me. He's like, can I just start calling you mother and father? And I'm like, no, you cannot. <laughs> like, mom was already bad enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing that's kind of interesting, right, is like the baby, like she's challenged because she's a baby. She's like still nursing. She doesn't sleep very well. She's in our bed because like we did not expect to have another child. So our house is not big enough to have. They can't share a room because there's like a 10 year age gap. And then like the baby's putting everything in her mouth and the 11 year old does not like to clean anything up. So the baby's going to eat like some like something terrible. Who knows what? So, like, whatever. But that, I think, is just, like, normal, like, kind of stuff. But, like, the the interesting thing, right, is, like, the 11 year is like, pushing away. And she doesn't, like, want to be with us. But then when we pay attention to the baby, she's just, like, so jealous. And it's, like, this weird kind of, like, thing, right? Because she doesn't want our attention. But if we don't give it to her or give it to the baby, she's just, like, super mad. And she won't admit it. But it's, like, what I think she wants is, like, the right of first refusal, Right? It's like, first we have to be like, well, obviously, we would give this attention to you. But if you don't want it, I suppose we can give it to the baby. And it's just like this kind of like weird. And she gets like weirdly like territorial about things. Sometimes like, maybe she'll have like an old toy or whatever. And she'll be like, no, she can't have it. And it's like, you haven't touched this in like five years. Or it's like, there's like a coat or something that like we'll have from when she was little that we'll try to give to the baby. And she'll be like, she can't have that. This is like in toddler sizes. You and I are about to share the same size shoes. Calm down. Actually, we are almost no longer sharing the same size shoes because her feet are bigger than mine now. Isn't that crazy? It's like, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, my kids too. I'm just like, whoa, how did your feet get bigger? And then they're like approaching my height and I'm just like, I'm going to have to start looking up soon. She's like an inch shorter than me. It's so crazy. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And she's only 11, right? Yeah. She has a, a way to grow. It's like, I've always like been in a denial about this. Like, well, as long as like I'm taller than her, then she won't get taller than me. But now I'm like, oh no, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel like since she's pulling away a little bit, like does that make you want to pull the baby closer? Because you know that this baby is going to want you for the next few years or so. Yeah, it does. And, you know, the thing I didn't realize is like the the happy – breastfeeding hormones they work on the 11 year old too because I'm all like oh my babies I love them both so much but with the baby I feel like I'm cherishing her babyhood a lot more yeah because you can see the future <laughs> yeah it's like I know that and also we know that we're done right yeah and so it's like okay I will like deal with like the middle of the night wake ups or whatever because like yeah it's fine it's like it's it will only last so long And then at some point, she'll, like, be stinky and call me mother. Right. I find myself pulling the youngest closer, too, even though he's already eight. And the husband's like, dude, he's eight. Like, you can't treat him like he's a toddler. And I'm like, I don't care because (laughs) that's the last one. Obviously, we're done, too. So (laughs) that's the one I can hold on to. Yeah. 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 Because they're in a rush to grow up. We're not in a rush for that. (laughs) Is your... 
youngest is he in a rush to grow up more than your older kiddos i feel like we're trying to keep him more as a baby right yeah. but then he picks things up so much more quickly because yeah. he's with older kids right so he's yeah. like just picking things up and i'm just like please don't <laughs> like, like stay younger for a little bit longer yeah with the older one like i never considered her a toddler it was like she was a baby until she was like i don't know until I had another one and then it's like oh I guess she's not a baby she's 10 but like yeah. with the baby like she's like definitely a toddler and she's like going through like toddler things and it's like you can tell she wants to be a big girl because she loves her older sister so much yeah because right? they look up to the older ones yeah it's like I want to like cherish her being a baby but she just wants to be a big girl so bad and you can like tell it's like very heartbreaking. Yeah, I'm like you're 8 and you're telling me, "Nah, bro." <laughs> like, what? No, it's still mommy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not exactly. bro, but then he wants to be older. He wants yeah. to be with his brothers and I get that. It's hard to accept that. Yeah, it's super hard to accept. I will say that I think that we're much better parents to the baby than we are to the the 11-year-old. And it's like, some of it is just like, you know, we've experienced it. So the baby is much less scary, right? It's not like, this is not the first time I've had a 17-month-old. This is the first time I've had an 11-year-old, though, still. And that will continue to be true. But some of it, too, is just like, I feel like my husband and I, like, were 26 when we had the the 11-year-old, right? And like, we were 36 and we had the baby with the baby. It's like, we're so much more confident in who we are as people and as like parents and like whatever. We're just like much more tired. Yeah. And you're, you're just overall much more experienced and you know a lot more things than you did yeah. when you were 26. Right. So you approach things a lot differently. Yeah. Like her, her first birthday party was like, we, we bought a cake and like, she got to have like a little piece of it and like, whatever the 11 year old's first birthday party I made that cake from scratch. I bought dehydrated like strawberries and like turned them into a powder to like make it like whatever. And she was not allowed to have any cake because like we didn't give her sugar or like flour or like whatever with this baby. It's like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you want some fries? I, I guess. Sure. You do get a lot more loose with the, yeah. not the first baby, right? Yeah. The second, the third. By the third, we're just like pacifier fell on the ground all right let me just wipe it real quick and, you know if i yeah. have water rinse it if not he's crying it's okay it's good for his immune system <laughs> yeah first baby you're like let me put in the sterilizer yeah a couple of times and <laughs> make sure it's super clean it's like what if we just buy a new one yeah so you know you talked a lot about like you know working hard and work life and things so like what do you do to unwind at the end of a long day a long week what relaxes you? What does relax me? I don't know. I, I have like various hobbies that I pick up, I guess. Some of them are more readily available than others because some hobbies are contraindicated with breastfeeding and others aren't, right? I have to watch how much I drink because that's like a thing. Um, uh, lately, I've been really into fountain pens and stationery. So that's been kind of fun. Also, I've been really into looking at house listings on like Redfin. <laughs> That's so fun, right? And then you imagine this is going to be my room. This is the baby's room. This is my office. Yeah, exactly. Because like our house is not big enough. And so we need we need to move. And so that's been kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't do well at relaxing. But actually, you know what? I started reading again. 
I have, I like something in grad school broke my brain and I just couldn't read, especially not fiction. And like lately I've been like, this is like so silly. I wish I could read, like I read stuff for work all the time, obviously. And like, I'll read like journal articles and like nonfiction. And it's like in the last, like since grad school, one of the most interesting books I read was like about cork, wine corks and like the science of like corking wine. And it's like, why is this the most interesting thing that I've read? That's like pretty sad. So like I started reading books again and that's actually been like kind of fun. It's like, oh, okay, yes, I remember. I used to like really love reading and it was enjoyable. It wasn't just like a way to gather information. And it's like, that's been kind of like a nice way to like relax. I can read. I can like do this like one thing for myself that's like not for anything else. That's nice. My husband's been telling me you need to start reading. I'm like, I read. I read Facebook and like, <laughs> you know, social media. And he's like, no, I mean a book. Really read. So I'm still working on that. No, it's like hard too, right? Because it's like you have to like disengage from everything else and like get into it. And that like was like always like the hardest thing for me because it's like this seems so inefficient. Like I'm not being productive with my time, especially if I'm reading fiction, right? Like, and I'm like kind of like letting go of that, the need to be constantly productive. I think that was like maybe the, the like one of the hardest things, like especially like with a baby in grad school with like how much you have to get done in grad school, you know, like versus like the nice thing about work is that it's like it ends at the end of the day, whereas in grad school, like it's like it's all encompassing. So like being able to like say like, okay, I'm done with work. Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to read a novel, like a piece of non, a piece of fiction, non nonfiction is what I've been referring to it. And I was pointed out to me by a friend. It's like, people just call that fiction. And I like that because, you know, your your day job and all of that, right? Yeah. It helps you really disconnect from all of that in reality. Yeah. So um, we're almost out of time. So I like to end with asking, you know, what's something you wish you knew before you had kids or something that you would tell someone who's getting ready to be a parent? I think that I spent a lot of time afraid. And I wish I had spent less time being afraid, white knuckling my way through everything. Cause like mostly it works out, right? Like, especially it's like for most people, like, you know, like you have, especially if you're giving birth to them, like you have like, like they're biological markers that like make you care about them. Right. And so like, you'll figure it out. Like, I think, like, I know, like, a lot of people are, like, sort of, like, you know, trying to figure out what's the best time to have a child and, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's no good time to have a child and you'll never yeah. be prepared, right? But it's, like, you'll figure it out. It's The question shouldn't be, like, when when should I have a child or when is the optimal time? It's, like, do you want them? And it's, you should only have children if you really want them, right? Because, like, and if you really want them, then you'll make it work. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think for me, I had to go through that as well, where I was like, is it the right time? Is it going to slow down my career, whatever? But it was like, yeah. no, just do it because we'll figure it out. Yeah. And everything will work out. And it does. Sometimes it's harder than others, but like eventually we make it work. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today, Julie. It was really awesome talking to you. I really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It was it was like fun to be able to have this conversation because like I feel like these are things I, I think or feel, but I like never get to like really discuss this at length with anyone. It, yeah, it was awesome to hear it. And hopefully like in the future, I'm thinking at some point in a few years to have like a refresh episode. It would be cool to hear about, you know, 
your struggles with your kids at that age. What it's like having a teenager. Yeah, (laughs) a teenager and elementary school student. Yeah. Thank you once again and take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on Parenthood Bites. We hope you found our episode informative and entertaining. If you're a parent in the tech world or know someone who is, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at chow at parenthoodbites.co and we'll be thrilled to add your experiences to our interviews. That's chow, C-H-I-A-O at parenthoodbites, B-Y-T-E-S dot co, C-O. And to our potential sponsors out there, if you're a business or know of one that would like to support and partner with our podcast, please don't hesitate to get in touch. You can also reach us at chow at parenthoodbites.co. Thank you once again for tuning in, and we wish you a fantastic rest of your week. Until next time, take care and stay curious.